Welcome to this message from Life Assembly, a thriving church in the northwest suburbs of Minneapolis. Please visit us online at lifemn.org for more information. And now join us as we pursue Jesus together. I imagine if uh, the the Apostle Paul were here this evening, I think that uh, he would start with saying something like, Who are you? Are you Jew? Greek? Slave or free? Who warned you? Who warned you? The wrath that is to come. I think we would be a little uncomfortable with the Apostle Paul here this evening. If it were Luke, the Gospel of Luke, it's my wife's favorite gospel. It's got the most details. It's a doctor that wrote this. If it was Luke, I think he would say something like, sit down, it's going to be a long night. I'm not going to leave out any details. You're going to hear everything. And then he would make sure that you knew that he was not an eyewitness, but he got every detail and he asked every question from the eyewitnesses. If uh, you were hearing from Mary this evening, be sure you would be here until Resurrection Sunday. As she told stories of his childhood, there wouldn't be a dry eye in this place. And the mothers may be crying because they'd be thinking, why couldn't have I had a perfect child? Instead, we are reading from the mouth, the mind, and the heart of John, who, like others, were aided by the Holy Spirit to give us the word of God. The one John is describes himself as the beloved disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. We're going to read that here in a little bit. I think John would say something like, from the depths of my being, what I'm about to share with you is the wickedest, most immoral moment in the history of all mankind. My best friend, my Lord. I do not expect you to have the same feelings that I do, But I pray that you will understand that this is the most despicable moment in the history of the world, that God, what what God meant for good, and in fact, it turned into be the most triumphant moment, the most triumphant day this world or this cosmos has ever seen and will ever see or experience. I, the beloved disciple of Jesus, tell you the truth. Jesus, my Lord, was betrayed by one of our own, one of the twelve, Judas. This fraud broke bread with us. He prayed with us. He stayed with us. Yet, he still betrayed us. I, John, think that Judas received his reward in full. After we had our last supper together, the whole night was a blur. We went to the garden where we normally prayed and it breaks my heart to think what happened that night. There was a weight on Jesus like I've never seen. He was sweating droplets of blood. He was agonizing. It's embarrassing for me to tell you that at the time that My Lord and my friend needed me most, needed us most. 
I wasn't there for him. He kept looking at us and saying, please pray for me. Please pray. I don't know what was happening, but we couldn't. We couldn't. My eyes were so heavy. I tried. But I kept falling asleep. He was always there for me. And in this moment, I couldn't be there for my Lord. Got to see that scoundrel once again. He came marching in, so proud. Came with a crew of men with weapons, torches, and lanterns. Soldiers, officials, chief priests, and Pharisees. At this point, it was total chaos. I wrote in my gospel, John 18, starting at verse 4, Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to him, Whom do you seek? They, they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with him. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you, I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken of those whom you gave me. I have lost, not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Of course, Jesus did what he always does. He healed the man. He put his ear right back on him. And when you know it, Peter the rock denied Jesus three times, but that's a different story. Jesus was first questioned by the high priest, and of course, this was done in the middle of the night because the Jewish leaders knew the people would have revolted and would not have let this happen. So these leaders, so-called leaders of Israel, brought Jesus to Pilate for him to execute him. The Jewish leaders couldn't even go into the area where Pilate was, so Pilate had to come out because it would have made them unclean for Passover. So Pilate had to wake up at night, come out. They said, uh, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. This is what Pilate said to him. The Jews said, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. Verse 33. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord or did someone else tell you to say this about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to this truth. Everyone who is of this truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at Passover. 
So do you want me to release to you this king of the Jews? And they cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Roman crucifixions are barbaric. What they did to my Lord was beyond understanding. I couldn't recognize my friend. As the prophet Isaiah said, it was truly the truth. I saw his words come to life right in front of me. My king carried his own instrument of destruction. He was mocked. He was spit on. He was hit. He was yelled at. Do you know what is unbelievable? Pilate found nothing wrong with him. Yet Jesus, his own people, many of whom I saw following Jesus, and in fact, many of whom I prayed with and ministered to, now cried out for his blood. John 19, at 25 through 27. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her as to his own home. I, Dale, can imagine John thinking, I failed Jesus when it mattered most. I will not fail at this. The beloved disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, gave John full custody of his mother, as the eldest son, taking responsibility. We know from history that Mary and John went to Ephesus. They were in Jerusalem, went to Ephesus. Mary was buried there. John followed through. As we sit here together and think, as I read in the beginning of the service tonight, Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We're going to end this night with four questions, hence the question marks. First of all, in Mark chapter 8, Jesus says to his disciples, and many, if not most here, are already disciples of Jesus. So I think that it's fair that if we're looking at the scripture and Jesus is asking this question, this applies to us. So when, when you look at what, what Christ said to his disciples, you think to yourself, he is talking to me. And Jesus looks at his disciples as I'm looking at you, and Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And of course, the disciples started saying, well, but here in 2019, that question is still valid. Who do people say that Jesus is? Well, we know he was a moral teacher. He did some really good things. We know that societies that have used his laws have benefited greatly. Our United States has benefited greatly from these values. What else? Well, I don't know. I don't know if he was really God. I think he was maybe a prophet. That's a, that's a really common one. Who do people say that I am? Well, he broke the law. 
He deserved crucifixion. I've heard that said. Then Jesus immediately in Mark 8 looks at his disciples as I'm looking at you right now. And then it gets a little bit more serious. Because now it's not about people. It's about you. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? I, I think of my kids who are a little older and so they don't use this as much anymore because they realize mom and dad don't fall for it. Where they would say, well, Liam did it. Or Asher's doing it. Or Eden's doing it. When Jesus says, whom do people say that I am? It's really easy to say, well, people say this or people say that. But Jesus is getting more pointed and he's looking at us and saying, who do you say that I am? And every person has to answer that question. Number three, this question has been one of my favorites. I've been thinking about it. I've been praying on it for over a month now. This question, it's so interesting because Jesus asked this. I already read it in John 18. As people came to find Jesus, as they were coming to arrest him, he asked this question. And wouldn't you know, it's the very first question after he's risen. He says, whom are you looking for? Whom are you looking for? Man, I've been thinking about this question. Because it's so funny. We, uh, we find ways to create our own God, don't we? Well, I don't like that he said that in Scripture. I don't like that at all. So I'm going to put my own God. I'm going to create my own personal Jesus. And that's the one that I'm going to serve. So let me ask you a question. When Jesus is here, his word is alive, his spirit is here, the question is the same for you and I. Who are you looking for? Are you looking for a God, little g, to appease you? Or are you looking for a sovereign God who is holy, who is perfect, who is sovereign, and who is true? I'd like to invite the band to come with our last question tonight. And this is the question of all questions the question I've heard philosophers try and answer, so I will not. <laughs> Pilate's question to Jesus after he claimed to be true. Pilate retorted and said, what is truth? How does one answer that question? What is truth? If you listen to the news, it's pretty hard to find truth in anything, isn't it? It's pretty difficult to find out who to believe. A saying that has been just driving me absolutely batty lately is called, well, that's not my truth. I don't know if you've heard that or read it. My truth. Somebody could be accused and there could be victims lined up and the offender will say, well, that's not my truth. 
I think someone needs to learn what the definition of truth is. Jacqueline Phoenix is just as uh, playing in a movie that just came out called Mary Magdalene. And uh, CNN wrote an article about, it said uh, that the tagline or the headline for it is something that he would not do. Something that he would not do. And so he would not put mud in the eyes of the blind men, like the Bible says. So he, uh, he instead he licks his thumb and he puts it in the blind man's eyes. And, and the actor said, it freed me up in some ways to discover what is truthful in the moment. He said, that moment is not so much about a real miracle, but it's about someone who has been dismissed by society, finally being seen, embraced, and encouraged to join the broader community. And he said, to me, so again, listen, to me, that is a miracle. It is freed up, I'm quoting him again, it freed me up to discover what is truthful in the moment. He decided what was truthful to him in that moment. He uses words to go on to mock Jesus and who would do something like that? Words that I cannot use here. John 14, 6, it says, the only sacrifice that could be made on behalf of us, well, I'm sorry, this is, <laughs> this is what I wrote, so hold on a second. The only sacrifice that could be made on behalf of us was from something true, perfect, and that is Jesus. And John 14, 6 says, I am the way, I am the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Our celebration tonight as we begin to take communion, so uh, people that I've talked to before, if you want to come stand at one of our communion tables, this is, of course, remembrance, but more importantly, it is a celebration of truth. Could you put that little picture on there? I don't know if it's going to work very well. I'll read it for you. This is from uh, Chuck Colson. He said, I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have endured that if it were not true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep alive for three weeks. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. I want to invite you tonight to go past your idea of your own truth. And I want to invite you in to the truth of our Lord, of our Savior, of the King of Kings. This evening we have bread that has already been cut. All you have to do is pull out a cube and uh, grab the cup. It, of course, represents the blood of Christ. If uh, you need someone to uh, come and bring you communion, they will come. But if you would please stand Right now, we've got it on all four corners here. So if you would just want to go and grab communion, and then we will have it here in a minute together.
We're going to sing this song as we, as we're done here in just a moment. This will be our last song for the evening. We know that when the Last Supper was taking place, Jesus looked at these disciples before Judas betrayed him. And he said, when looking at the bread, he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, as we lift up the bread right now before you, Lord, your body was bruised. Your body was broken. And you knew it was going to happen. You knew the pain. You knew that you would bear the iniquity of us all. And yet, you still came. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Let's partake together. The cup, which we're singing about right now, says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it and do it in remembrance of me. I would argue that there's more songs written about the blood of Christ than any other song out there. There is power in the blood of Jesus Christ and we are benefiting from it. Amen. Heavenly Father, as I hold this cup that is representing the blood of Jesus, we take it with a heavy heart this evening, knowing what you did, but also with an attitude of praise and an attitude of celebration for what you've done for us. Let's partake together. Would you please stand? Let's sing this song together, and I will give the benediction right after.
This is really a special moment, isn't it? My 14-year-old said to me tonight when I was trying to get him dressed, not that I have to dress my 14-year-old, but you know what I mean. Get dressed. We're going to church. He said, Dad, it's Good Friday. It's going to be so depressing. Like, well, it was a pretty heavy thing that happened. I really pray that this evening help prepare your hearts even more this holy week. I hope this evening has caused you to maybe look through the eyes of a disciple of Christ. And I pray as these next days continue to move on that we see you here on Easter because we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate. Heavenly Father, would you just put your hands towards heaven? I'm just going to pray a blessing upon you tonight. Oh, Lord, I'm just so thankful that you're here with us. I'm so thankful that you didn't stay dead, that you are here, that you are among us, that your spirit is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray that you walk with us. I pray that you talk with us. I pray that you teach us your ways. And Lord, I just pray that you draw us closer to you like never before. Change us, O oh God. And let us not create you in our own image, but may we be image bearers of you. And everyone here said, Amen and amen. Would you go in the peace of the Lord? And we'll see you in three days. You've been listening to a message from Life Assembly. Connect with us online at lifemn.org. And thanks for listening.